Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm my chip ups, man. I got this, yeah. Welcome back, Ankle Pickers. We are back with a full podcast slate. This is not a drill. Everybody is here for the first time in a long time, and it is feeling glorious. The reason why we all gathered here today is for UFC 262 now. Is that 262? Yes, sir. And if there's no better occasion to bring a reunion together, I don't know. I don't know what would be. With all that being much said, as I'm here for 262, I've gathered for you boys. At, at, that's all we've ever that's all we've ever asked for. So enjoy the beautiful silky voice now while you have a chance, because who knows when we get them back. First, congratulations, Danny and myself. Ankle lock cashed. Carlson Harris. Too easy. Submission. Absolutely too easy. Too easy. Freest of cheese. Like freest of cheese. No cap. No cap. Yeah. I mean, he, he got the better of him on the feet, locked up that anaconda uh, real quick. It, it was a fun one. I agree. And, and it paid us handsomely, which is the best part. You said you went up to three units on it? Oh, yeah. Yep. And that's Danny's – what he tries to cap himself at. Sometimes it gets away from him, but you never – it gets away from all of us. But that's a, that was a great play. Looked great. And I'm excited to see him and where he goes in the future. I mean, we've all been there. You, you, you change your units when you get excited about a women's MMA play. And yep. sometimes it gets away from you. Yep. You and then you look in the mirror, 15 beers deep, eyes crossed, being like, why did I do that? What the fuck did I do? Bump your three to a five and hide your eyes. <laughs> Second thing that I want to bring to the discussion, I don't know if Kobe was able to catch this one or Parker. I know Danny did, or I hope Danny did. Mike Trezano, Ludovic Klein. How did you have that fight? Because I took to Twitter on the at ankle pick pod. If you don't follow us already, usually me, usually drunk. And I had Ludovic Klein grabbing all three rounds. 30, 29, 28, 29, 28, 30, 27 for Mike Trezano in the unanimous decision win. I, I truly was upset, and I I saw that not only the commentators agreed with me, but it also seemed like the overwhelming majority of the audience agreed with me that, that Ludovic Klein won that fight. I had it uh, 29-28 for Klein. Mm-hmm. I didn't think any 30-27s were great scorecards, and I was surprised that one of the judges had it like that. Um, when I heard them read off the 30-27, I said – Oh, great. Klein won the fight. Because I remember the only round that I for sure could could have given was was the first round to, to Klein. First or second round to Klein. I know the third round could have been Trezano's round. Um, he ended it with a submission chance. But that it, may, it brings me to an overall question of, of the card as a whole. Not the card as a whole. UFC as a whole. Judging situation. I think it's almost apparent that something needs to be done. I feel like there's a conversation we have back to back to back to back to back cards. Yeah, and this is a conversation that'll be continuing to happen, especially as especially as we head to Houston in probably 
in my opinion, the single worst commission in the Texas State Commission. Yeah, it's it's going to be a nightmare. I know. I don't know if they have the judges announced yet, but I Texas has had some troubles, especially Houston, with some judging decisions. But it almost seems like it's the whole UFC these days. Okay. Next thing I want to talk about, and it's it, it seemed like a theme this evening for me and some people that I had dotted on my radars. But I, I'm going to say gas tank. I, I'm going to say gas tank. And I'm, I'm mainly referring to the Gregor Gillespie fight, something that I laid heavy. Danny, you also laid heavy, I believe. Yep. Kobe, you were on it as well, right? The parlay? Yeah, parlay loss, but individual but, win. Yeah, individual win for Gillespie. And then I, the other one I really want to talk about that goes hand-in-hand hand with this was the Phil Hawes fight against Kyle Dawkins. And that was one that – took me by surprise because going into the fight when Danny and I were talking about it, I think Eileen Dawkins, I'm pretty sure we even did that line on set the spread, but Phil Hawes was always the one dimensional, the one trick pony, the guy who I didn't think would whip out the wrestling, the guy who I felt was trying to throw haymakers and usually would, would be out of steam going at the end of the first round, going into the second and third different Phil Hawes today. I don't know. Danny's the guy for this question. I don't know if he switched camps, I don't know if he switched routines. I thought Kyle Dawkins was going to at least, even if he dropped the first, would be a live bet chance to win the second and the third. But Phil Hawes looked great. And then I and then right into the next fight, Gregor Glispie almost faints going back to his chair and then has maybe the se- the best second wind I've ever seen in my entire life. Definitely, definitely. I was surprised right there with you about Hawes' game plan and his just – desire to to use his wrestling which is a tool that i didn't know he had in his toolbox and he and he really seemed to increase his output as the rounds went on which is something that we thought would be the opposite yeah i had that edge going to Dawkins. it took my breath away honestly with with what hawes implemented definitely and then the next one it was not the exact fight that i i initially thought and i that i capped on this podcast I, I was surprised at Diego's ability to get off his back and get back to his feet and and win some of those scrambles um but in the end Gregor as you said had that second win and, and was too much for him which is kind of what we expected yeah and just to, wanted to touch on the scrambles for a second because the first round did I know Kobe was just watching this one I'm pretty sure Kobe, you were just watching this one, right? Did Gregor get caught in a submission chance that was that looked tight, or was it a? I remember me being very worried in, in the no, first round. Yeah, you were right to be worried there. He did get caught in one that was pretty tight, and just the whole time he was just riding him on the ground. Ferrer was riding Gillespie on the ground, and really was wearing him out. And you, like you said, the second win that came in that second round was, you know, something we've never even. Uh, crazy and i don't want to say never seen before but crazy though to get a win like that but that's what what i mean i guess i'm second guessing it in a way but um i was shocked that gregor because when danny and i went into the fight we were capping it for those who listened last week saying gregor's gonna win all all the grappling exchanges and i truly believe that i i didn't think he was gonna get caught i thought his knowledge was good enough from top control and I didn't think he was going to get caught and win every single grappling exchange. And that's not the tail of the tape. That's not what happened in the first round. It happened after Frere gas and broke, 
I, I think Gregor not wearing it all it played a big toll on him. But I think that – I don't know if Danny saw it, was shocked by the way it went in that first round especially. Yeah, a little bit. I yeah. definitely was. I don't know if that's going to change how I cap Gillespie in the future, but it, it definitely took me by surprise. Another thing I want to talk about, so it's not a total foreshadow, but Dana White mentioned uh, Donald Cerrone probably has got one left in him, and that's it. So Dana said. At 155, too. At 155. And, and, and Donald, this was, this was a loss that's – Alex Morono just lost to Anthony Pettis. He's, he's not a world breaker. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I don't – he's fine he's he's a gatekeeper i mean even a little lower than a gatekeeper but a first round kotko as an underdog to donald Cerrone, i i think it is i think it is time for donald to maybe to maybe hang him yeah i'm right there with you the durability has gone I, I was happy that he wrestled early and, and shot for that takedown when morono kind of sold out for the big opening punch a la McGregor, and it really didn't help him slow the fight down at all. Morono was just on him. Morono was hitting him, body, head, connecting with just heavy punches. And it, just like we saw in that last one, the uh, um, not Nick Lentz. Who was who? Who Cowboy fought fight in the last one? Nico Price. Nico Price. Pat- oh no, it was Price then. Pat- Price. Yeah. The uh, the head movement still wasn't there. Uh, and and Morono was just able to land with those powerful hands. Yeah. And it, it just, it seems almost like, I, I mean, we all love anyone who's a fan of the sport knows and loves Cowboys. He, I mean, he's been fighting for the last decade plus and been in absolute scraps. It's just getting KO'd first round. I, I don't think any of us had that in the MCC. And, and Definitely then not. Um, Danny, I did also want to mention now that I have you, on not on blast but that main event didn't go how you said it was gonna go a little bit it did i I didn't see the power out of marina rodriguez so i i think i was shocked just highlighted how tough michelle was you saw those barrage of punches that would have put less tough woman out it it was 48 47 unanimous right i believe across the sheet so that was a close fight. I, I didn't feel bad about having Watterson in the MCC. I believe I had Watterson in the MCC, but I remember, yeah, I remember rooting for Watterson and I, it went similar to how I thought. I just think she just, if she could just nab one of those rounds, I, I guess where I'm going with this. She had one round where she, she landed the takedown and, and she had that one teep kick that dropped her. But besides that, she really didn't have any kind of momentum at any time in the fight. And no, it was not unanimous 48-47. One judge had it 48-47. The other two had 49-46 Rodriguez. It was a pretty one-sided fight from my eyes. Yeah, I do remember the one takedown round. I remember thinking, though, like, I guess, I mean, Michelle lost a decision for sure. I I didn't have it on my card like that. And it wasn't something that I was sweating when they were going to the decision. I was looking at them. I was like, I know whose hand's being raised here. It's not even, it's not even a contemplation. Honestly, even when you look at the exchanges, you know, there's always those, 
gas moments where you're like, oh, no, am I going to lose this exchange? You don't really feel that. I mean, I know it is women's MMA, but I definitely didn't feel that. So there were sometimes there were some exchanges where I thought this could be the end for Waterson, but I never really was worried that Rodriguez was going to be put on her ass. I mean, where do you think? And I and this might be like an absolute on the spot question because I you definitely did not prepare for this. Where does uh, Marina Rodriguez go from here? I have an answer. Yeah, hit me. Go. JJ. It's for everybody. What? JJ. You think so? That fast? I think she's ready. Danny, that's a really good question. Um, and, and you is know, she now ranked. Rodriguez oh. six. Yeah, you gotta hope so. So ahead of her is Dern, Esparza, Yan Zhao Nan. Oh, it's straw weight. Yeah, it's I would I, that Yan Zhao Nan would be a good fight. She's fighting um, Carlos Esparza next week. She wants. She wants. She which, by the way, not to get ahead of news and notes. She said she wants a title shot if she went beats Carla Carla Esparza. I thought that was aggressive. I mean, I respect it, but aggressive. Well, who who's next for Rose? I I don't know Bogdan Bogdanovich, but I mean, it, yeah, we're getting somewhat Bogdan. I mean, you were saying JJ's an option for Marina Rodriguez. JJ's an option for Rose as well. JJ's an option for Rose as well. I think. I, except, do you really want to see that for a third time? I think it's different with the the title on, on the other side, but that she already had that though. She got a rematch after the tap to strikes, and she got finished again. I don't want to see that. I don't necessarily want to see Zhang. I do you give? Did you do you give Rodriguez a, Zay, a JJ and then a title shot if she wins? I think that'd be a really fun striking battle. I would too, but I think JJ gets wins it. Right. Kobe's yeah. right. Bogged down by Donovich. But it was something that I want to take away. La- two more things. One, any cuts this weekend, gentlemen? I, I want to bring that in because, Kobe, I- news and notes is the next segment, so I'm going to pull you in a little early. Cut list. Cut you list. A couple. I-, I have a cut list. I'm not actually positive if it was before or after this weekend because no one on here was – no one on the cut list here was fighting this yeah. weekend. But we called it beforehand regardless. Two of them we, we called literally this time last week. It was yeah. Luke Sanders and KB Bular. Yes. The other cuts were Anthony Burchak, who Tony Gravely called. When Friend he, of the pod, shout out Tony. Alon Cruz, Jordan Griffin, and Bartosz Fabinski. And the Bartosz surprised Danny, but that is exactly. Oh, no. So, yeah, so I'm looking at last, like two weeks ago card. KB Bular, we said, Luke Sanders, we said, and then the question mark was Kai Kamaka. So it looks like Kamaka is going to stick around for another little bit here. At least one more bout. I have someone for sure that I, if I'm Dana, I'm cutting here. But any cut list on your guys' end for, for this last week or just someone, I mean, let's go off this week or this last week. We're not going to. My two names are Christian Aguilera and Cowboy Cerrone. Dana said that he's going to give Cowboy one more fight. I don't know if that's safe. I think Dana almost but... lets Cowboy like kind of end on his own fruition, but I I agree. Okay, I have I have a big one. So you think Aguilera needs to go? And Mo Green. Mo Green was mine. Mo Green was he mine. What? He oh, he Mo Green did. Maurice Green's gone. He, got, he announced on his Instagram this morning. What did he say? That he got the pink slip or that he's retiring? Pink slip. 
Not surprised. Yep. Not surprised. Four, he's dropped four out of five, his last five. And his other ones were like Junior Albini. But he's losing to, I mean, Greg Hardy. And the one bad. out of the five was that crazy, crazy choke from the bottom that he was losing that fight. Yeah. And Jan Vellante it looks like a, the Michelin man at, at heavyweight. So, yeah. Mo Green back to the drawing board to go. Other than that, I, I agree with Danny. You think Aguilar is a goner? Yeah, he looked terrible two. against Carlston. I'd, I'd love did, to believe that Carlston is just a Sean beast. Brady and Carlston Harris. I, I, you, yeah, one and two in the UFC usually gets you out of there. He'll be a fringer. It depends if Dana's feeling nice or not. But I, I Mo Green's a goner. That's interesting to know. Okay. And then, and then Donald does one more. So, And then the other thing. Do you guys know the bonuses from last week? Not off the top of my head, no, sir. Dan or Kobe, do you know? All right. I like this. You guys are Dana. Performance of the night. You got two performance of the nights and a fight of the night. You could just give all performance of the nights if there were no fight of the nights. Where are you guys going? I'm glad you don't know. And and you you know this? I I don't know it, but I'm finding it okay. as you guys are thinking. I'm, I'm going to go performance of the night, Morono, performance of the okay. night. So Morono, performance of the night, okay. Performance of the night, Carlston. Uh-huh. And then I'm going to go fight of the night. Yeah, I'm going to go. Gillespie Ferreira. Gillespie Ferreira for fight of the night? I'm thinking, I'm going performance of the nights are Gillespie, Maybe they just do four performance to the Knights. But I, I think Gillespie's got to be involved. It is tough. I want to hear your guys' opinion. I'm finding it. You, I, I've got them now. You guys want to hear it? Yeah. I'm going to go with Fight of the Night Wait, being the main event. Morono bonus event. and Harris bonus. Danny got, the, Danny got the performance bonuses. Harris and Morono. Fight of the Night, Ferreira, Gillespie. Okay. Oh, so, you, so co- the commutative W. Yep. Yeah, that I think that could be a fun addition because I like that. There's a lot of the times where I disagree with Dana. I, I'm like, what the hell are you seeing? I think, yeah, I would have gone. Gillespie needed a bonus. Morono does need a bonus, but I just I remember not even being that impressed. Anyways, that pretty much wraps up last week's card. Nothing really that we're missing overall. I've got, I've got a, a tie in here. Ready? Yeah. So we we're talking about Cerrone having one more and one more, and I feel like that was exactly. Maybe not exactly because we didn't ever want to say it was just one more, but Anderson Silva announced his retirement this morning. I feel like I don't want to say he went one too many, but we were saying one more for the last year and a half. Yeah, but so who who's is one more? I mean, Danny, you're convinced it's going to be at fifty five. Yeah, Dan, he said he wanted it at fifty five, and I think Dana announced it would be at fifty five. The now, what if opponents Donald that did, are coming up are like Clay Guida. Clay Guida would be a good one. But Clay Guida gets that guy every time. He's even said last time, he's like, I want a young guy. He, Clay Guida fights this guy every single time. It's like a Donald Cerrone, uh, whoever the fuck he fought last time out. It's just hilarious. Um, Clay Guida's a good name. Mm-hmm. No one in the rankings. What about like, and not to like have Donald get murdered, but like, what about a Drew Dober? I just think he might get actually, murdered. Yeah. I think Drew would love that matchup. Be an yeah. oh, easy payday oh, for no, him. What Drew be minus three hundred or something crazy? But so they're both Colorado be, guys. 
probably be an unranked fighter then. So news and notes. I know that we actually have a decent sized list here today. We got, um, we went through the cut list. Anderson Silva, let's start there. Okay. Anderson Silva announces retirement officially, but as Danny and I were prefacing before we hit the record, I believe even after when we were capping for Uriah Hall, we kind of said this, you know, that was his last fight and first fight. Yeah, sad to see a legend go. Uh, definitely something we were expecting sooner than later. Uh, all due respect to the spider. Yeah, it's sad but necessary because unlike other sports where – you got Tom, even, I mean, even Tom Brady, but like you, you got some guys, especially like a baseball where you got Nelson Cruz at 43. It's like no one really. Albert Pujols even. Albert Pujols. This couple fine. weeks. But this sport, this sport's unlike anything else where if if you stay over, if you overstay your welcome, you're taking years off your life. So I, I'm glad Anderson Silva, phenomenal career, arguably on the Mount Rushmore of MMA. And it's, it's good to see that he, he got off before any more damage is done. Past that, we have just updates on the pay-per-view card this week. Hermanson, Shabazi, and postponed to the following week. Sounds like Hermanson had a COVID case in his camp, but they're they're a go for what a week from this Saturday, May twenty-second. Well, Super was sad. That, was that double postponed then? Like, was that postponed from off last week's card now postponed again? No, that was always on this. That was always on the UFC two sixty-two. Oh, okay, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, tough for those of us that were going to be in attendance in Houston, but at least we're not going to have to wait too long to see that one. That'll be what just one week postponed. And um, I don't think it'll deter those of us that were planning on going. No, yeah. I'll be shocked. I'll still be there. Yeah. Um, we got two fight announcements, one fresh off the press. First, Tiago Santos and Johnny Walker for September, late September. Wow. Okay. That's a fun and one. Fireworks. Because we were saying two weeks ago, Walker Reyes would be an awesome one. Yeah. I'm shocked that okay, Santos on a two fight skid or well, three fight Reyes, skid. Reyes got a six month mandatory mm. um but delay. I don't know what that yeah, is. Yeah, suspension. They suspend people for health. Okay. And Paula Costa, Jared Cannonier, that is for August, mid August. I think that one was even fresher off the press. Am I wrong? We were talking that was, about that was the yeah. fresh. That's the fresh. I mean, that's the bacon biscuits over here. Get them while they're hot. Jeez. So we got so, yeah, so those are both big fights. Both shake up divisions quite a bit, the, the higher divisions, middleweight and light heavy. With right now you got uh, – you said – so Santos at four, drop and ten at Johnny Walker. But I think that's a set fight that gets Santos back on the right track. And then you got two, four in middleweight. And, and that's probably, you would imagine, maybe next title shot after Whitaker gets his crack. It'll like be we're, uh, now we're all now we're talking like a year down the road. There's going to be fights in between, but it, it doesn't hurt, you yeah. know. I mean, you just see so many guys just being like, "I'm fucking waiting," you know what I mean? Like Marvin did it, but yeah. Okay, so okay, what what else we got? We did the cut list already. Danny, do the rumble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've got some crazy news out of Bellator. Um, coming off of his big knockout, he's got. He's, he's caught a case. He, he'd recently been arrested for a identity theft charge where he stole someone's identity and used their credit card to book a couple of flights. The former UFC champion um, has certainly fallen from grace a little bit. And, and I'm not sure the exact details there, but it's super weird. Crazy. I, 
my one-liner when I first heard the news before we recording was not surprised. Whatever it was, something about Anthony Johnson not being a good dude, not surprising. It's been a fall from the graces, like you said. From from that DC title shot to where he is now, whoo! Fifty. He uh, to quote a little Mac from Always Sunny. I gained and lost sixty pounds in three months. <laughs> <laughs> so I have one last. Yeah. Using notes, even hotter off the press. We have August fourteenth main event: Darren Till, Derek Brunson. Wow. I mean, are they just doing matchmaking as we're recording right now? Basically, <laughs> this is not even 10 minutes old right now. I cannot oh. wait to bet Brunson as another dog there. That'll be so Hard much fun for like the fourth time in a row. So don't get it wrong. I, I like Darren Tillon. I think he's talented. I don't know why he's ranked so highly in middleweight. And I don't know why people are like putting his name in the title contention. Like, I don't understand it. Is it from the the vicious elbow knockout to Donald Cerrone from four years ago, or the loss? Gotta be it. Or he's, he's a guy who's just so fun to root for. He's got maybe you know. the single most entertaining walkout besides like Connor and sure. Izzy with that sure. sweet Caroline in Liverpool. But if you if you remember how that ended, he was separated from consciousness by Jorge Masvidal, like. A guy who's not in the same weight class anymore. This, he's supposed to be some amazing Muay Thai specialist. The dude is not very good. No, it, it, it's 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 not. He kept talking about how he wants to be the best to ever do it and the best ever win. But it's like if you look at Darren Till, okay, the Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, where he won the unanimous decision. For those who don't remember watching that fight or don't remember that fight, one of the ones that got the judging being like what the fuck did you just watch like i had it stephen thompson all the way as did most and that might have been a home field advantage type crap then he gets absolutely embarrassed by t wood who's fallen from the graces slumped in at home crowd by jorge mazadal wins a, a questionable split decision against five six calvin gaston in middleweight people are like oh put him in the title contention put him in the title contention lost to robert whitaker he's one and three in his last four and now he draws uh, Brunson, who's – I think this is a good fight for Brunson. Who's consistently underestimated. Yeah, I think this is a good fight for Brunson. I think if, if Brunson wins this fight – now we're just talking about how jammed middleweight is. Wow. Because we were talking about what, what's going to happen after the Costa. Now we got what's going to happen after Till. Uh, I'm excited to see where everything's going. All right. That's it for news and notes, Correct. That's what we got. All right. Let's get into this card for this week. UFC 262. It's a big one. It's a banger. Main event, Charles Oliveira, Michael Chandler. Half the podcast here today will be there in attendance. And if you find them, and they're going to be throwing business cards like they're fucking dollars at a strip club, there's going to be a merch giveaway right off Danny's Lettuce. We will post our location pre-fight outside the stadium on Twitter. The first listener to find us gets a free ankle pick pod sample hat. This isn't even in circulation yet. Made by my mother with her back-breaking effort. Um, it's the definition of a one-on-one, one of a kind. 
Get it while it's hot. My fingers hurt. My thingies. Well, your back's going to hurt, too, because you just pulled lawn duty. With all that being said, early prelims start at 5.30 this Saturday, May 15th. Let's get into it, man. Christos Gaigos versus Sean Soriano. Gaigos. Christos Gaigos versus Sean Soriano. The line on that, John, is minus 210 for Gaigos, plus 175 for Sean Soriano. Yeah, this is a fun one, curtain jerker. Everyone knows I love those. We've been hit, uh, we've been hot on the curtain jerkers. We have. No one – anyone snickering over there? Danny and I hit the curtain jerker for the ankle lock last week. I think as we a dog. There's maybe slight favorite. Whatever. Um, we've got Soriano here. He's the dog. He's got great hands. Training partner of Michael Chandler at Sanford MMA. Um, he, he's a former. He had a, he had a brief stint in the UFC. I want to say like a couple of years ago. Um, and he's making his return against Jagos, who definitely has the grappling advantage, the wrestling background. But a guy I see who has zero cardio. Um, I kind of see Soriano being able to outstrike Amir. And I think that I lean him at that plus 175 price. You might see that on my card come Saturday morning. See, it's interesting. So I I have it actually very similar to the way Danny has it. Gygos is a guy that we, we're all too familiar with in the UFC. He's got a lot of UFC experience. He actually has a loss to the guy headlining, I believe. Um, Charles Oliveira, check me on that if you have topology up, Dan. But he's got quite the resume in the UFC, five or six fights. And that that's my issue is I taped Soriano a little bit this week. And Danny, I, I didn't get that great of a read on him, to be honest with you. And so knowing what I know about Guy uh, goes, I'm thinking I was going to lay off. But the fact that you're liking the dog makes me think that there could be an opportunity – with the research we've done versus, you know, cause usually when you have a, a five fight UFC vet against the unranked or a guy just making his UFC debut, there's usually a, a discrepancy in the line because Vegas just can't cap for a guy that they don't know much about. Quick guy goes to get subbed by Oliveira. 28. There you go. Look at that. He's watching that live, but I know we just recently watched Carlton minus or beat Carlton minus uh, who I think, was a prospect the UFC was excited about. And he's dropped two straight, but without getting by Donovich, I, I think for those listeners right now, I, I like Soriano at that plus line from, from what Danny's saying. I had a tough time getting a true full read on it, but I, I know what Gallegos brings to the table. And so if, if Danny's on his prospect flow, which he always is, I, I think I'm going to hammer the dog there. Soriano's not really a prospect. He's, I mean, he fought a three-fight losing skin in the UFC in, like, 2014. Oh, but God. I, I do that. like how professional his camp is at Sanford. I like that he's training with the main event guy oh, here. Oh, you're right. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. You're right. He, he, Charles Rosa, too, who looked like absolute dog shit when we capped him, like, right. a month ago. But I, I, I like what I'm hearing out of this camp, and that's kind of what is leading me to lean him. What did you say his camp was? Sanford MMA. Ooh. Camp I really like. Yeah, Danny suckles on the teat of Sanford MMA. Moving up the card, we have Ke- uh, 
Kevin Aguilar, Tucker Lutz. And that line is Aguilar plus 100, Tucker Lutz minus 120. That's an interesting one. Yeah, it definitely is interesting. Uh, Kevin Aguilar is a guy who fights out of Longview, Texas, which is um, maybe half an hour west of Shreveport, East Texas. So you got to assume that he, he's got a little bit of a home field advantage in that like full arena in Houston, maybe just a couple hours south of where he grew up and where he trains. He's coming off of a three-fight losing yeah. streak. But he hasn't looked terrible in those, and, and he fought – some killers in that. I mean, between Danny Gay. Yeah. Some, some tough guys. Um, he, he's agile. He has decent hands. Lots of guy who, who likes to bull rush forward, look for big slam takedowns, tries to lay on you, get decision, win rounds. Um, in the big cage, it definitely is going to favor Aguilar. And I think that, as a slight dog or at an even price, um, he might be worth your while as the hometown guy. Get it? I mean, last time we were at, I was at the Houston card. Uh, I think it was UFC 246. There were a couple of home cooking decisions. Uh, this I, I say it all the time. This Texas commission is maybe the worst in all of America. Maybe it's, like it's all of the world. Yeah, it's um, I expect some pretty questionable decisions. But I, I actually am on board with you. For those who watch the Contender Series, I'm assuming most do, you're looking at a two, two-time two bet on, in Tucker Lutz here. And the first time he didn't get the contract done, second time he did, and now he's making his official UFC debut here against Kevin Aguilar, who I think fighting for his job. And so if, if you – not only do I also agree that I think he's the more well-rounded fighter, and I don't – the Rose loss didn't age particularly well. I mean, it's not terrible. The Ige loss obviously is like expected at this point. But I, I think the, the even just the added pressure that I think he's a better fighter, but the added pressure that his job's most likely on the line, uh, if that doesn't fuel a fire under your ass, I don't know what does. Yeah, if you want to bet on a dog that's going to absolutely fight right. like for your money, this is the guy. Priscilla Co- Cochiera versus Gina Mazzani. The only thing I know how to say in Portuguese or to Portuguese people is tap, tap, tap as I'm training with it with my Brazilian. <laughs> the only thing I know how to say is poha as I rip their arm off and take it home for, for lunch. Danny, Gina Mazzani, Priscilla Cochera. What do you got? The line here is uh, Mazzani minus 210, Priscilla plus 175. Yeah, I think that Mazzani – is probably going to win this fight. She's the she's, much more skilled. She's dating, she's dating your best friend, Tim Elliott. Of course. <laughs> so there's a little um, bias for those people out there. She's dating his best friend. Yeah. She, I mean, she's almost a hundred percent, the better grappler in here. Yep. Um, I do kind of think Priscilla probably is a slight striking advantage. Um, but Mazzani with James Krause in her corner is probably under the better game plan. For me, this is just, I mean, prelim women's MMA. It's a coin flip. I got to lean the dog. It's probably not going to be something I play, but I can't advise our listeners to to pay the minus 210, minus 225 price on Gina. 
Well, good thing Danny can't because I can. I will be laying Gina Mazzani here. It was a discussion for potential ankle lock this week. Uh, Danny and I decided we're not going to do it with one. We we didn't feel good about anything, and and we're not putting your money at at anything that we're not 100% on. But I didn't see a single – I I see where Danny's coming from with a potential striking advantage. She absolutely will get out-grappled by Mazzani, that is Priscilla. And if you look back at some of her losses, she's got no ability to get up from the bottom, for one. But two, she also wears a lot of damage. And I, I think Mazzani's technical enough, smart enough, and like you said, in, in a good camp where I, I really didn't see a path to victory for Priscilla here. So I agree the two tenths steeper than I would have liked. I don't know what it opened at. You but, get even money on Mazzani decision though. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I think she might finish this though. Uh, decision would be hard. You would sprinkle decision. You'd sprinkle decision. I'm expecting a ground and pound finish, to be honest. But I, I like Bazzani here for those listeners. I think that it, it hasn't moved a whole bunch from open. 210, it's a little steeper than I would like. But I think to win a unit, to win a, to win a unit and a half, it's, it's really not a bad bet on my end. Um, so that's it for the fight pass prelims. Again, that starts – or the early prelims, 5.30 this Saturday – Seven o'clock this Saturday is when the prelims start. And we got Andrea K Andrea KGB Lee versus Antina Shevchenko. Antonina. Antonina Shevchenko. Where are you at, Danny, with your head here? Yeah, this is a tough one for me. As oh, Reese mentioned. Line, sorry, Dan. Line minus one twenty five in favor of Shevchenko, but it open opened. At a whopping minus 195 and is steamed all the way down to minus 125. Andrea Lee being on the other side, being plus 105, opening it at a, at a plus 160. So I saw KGB Lee lose a absolutely brutal split decision to Lauren Murphy with some hometown judging bias in the Toyota Center, the same building in Houston. Mm-hmm. UFC 246, a fight where I had money on KGB Lee, a fight where I thought she won at least two of the rounds. Um, and, and it got my night on to an absolutely terrible, terrible, um, whatever, vibe. And it was because of the home cooking and the judges. So I'm, I'm really weir- wary to bet on this. I'm apprehensive. Um, she's definitely the more well-rounded fighter. She extends her boxing combos to like four or five strikes instead of the one twos. Um, But I do think that Antonina is probably the more pure striker and training with her sister, Valentina, especially with that Andrade fight in mind. I have to imagine that Antonina has been training or wrestling a ton. And so the well-roundedness of KGB Lee doesn't really scare me if you're a Antonina backer. But I, I have to also imagine that there's a little bit of a Shevchenko name tax, something that I don't really want to play. Um, I say that women's MMA fights are 50-50 all the time. For me, I, I just think that if you're going to play this, you play it by decision. I don't see either of these women getting the other one out. I, I agree. The over two, but they're always minus 320 or 3 million. But, yeah, I, I, I think I lean Shevchenko here. I think that there is absolutely a name tax, and I think the name tax has been taken out of it. I think the name tax was at the minus 195. 
125, it seems a little more reasonable. Uh, both of these girls do have a like opponent in, in Foxy Roxy, Mata Ferry. Both lost. One via split decision. I, I think the other just a regular decision. Foxy Roxy always coming in the clutch. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think this is probably a layoff for most people. I, I think KGB Lee gets a little more clout that I think she's earned in the UFC. I think a lot of people like her a little more than they probably should, but I, I think I lead Shevchenko, but I, I, I would urge a no bet here unless you're going the over like Danny suggested, or maybe a buy decision for one of the two. Other than that, I don't really see any value on the, on that play. Continuing up the card, and this one was a potential spot until for those who I don't did, Kobe. I think we went over this on set the spread because Danny and I were saying the biggest favor on the card preface. We thought it could have been Jamie Pickett. That's not the case. This next fight's a middleweight bout between Jordan Wright and Jamie Pickett, and the line is damn near even and actually favoring Jordan Wright at minus one fifteen. Jamie Pickett being minus one hundred five. Yeah, this is um, an interesting one. Beverly Hills Ninja Jordan Wright, um, as we've seen, is going to come out with that kind of Wonder Boy karate style, um, wide base with his hips, keep his hands super low. And Pickett, on the other hand, is going to come out like a bat out of hell, throwing kind of looping crosses, trying to get a knockout. Um, I think the under could be interesting here. Yep. Um, I lean Jamie Pickett. I just don't have a lot of faith in, in Jordan Wright. He was a guy, I think, when he came onto the scene, we described him as a COVID fighter, and he proceeded to get a quick knockout over Ike Villanueva. Another COVID fighter. <laughs> Another COVID fighter. And it was um, a doctor's – it was a cut stoppage, too. Ike still wanted to go. Jordan Wright looks – when you watch Jordan Wright, it's not that he's not talented. He just looks – a step slower. He looks a step less tactical. He looks a step like Jamie Pickett. It's a lot harder than this man. A lot. Definitely. Than this man. And, and some of Jamie Pickett's opponents are, I, I would say not, not so much the, the Chukwi, the la, the most recent loss to Chukwi, but like uh, Punale, Puna, Punahale Soriano he lost to back in 2019. Like that. I, I would be a lot more scared of Soriano than I would be uh, Jordan Wright. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I think Pickett probably has the edge here. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that it could be a good play at near even. Yeah, there's the a lot one. of there's a lot of weird fights on this card that are super close. A lot of potentials to really make a sharp play if you've got a, a strong feeling. Yeah, it, it's a it's nice. We I think we discussed. There's not a single line over 200. Is that true? Or there might just be just the one. I think the Giagos and the Mazzani fights are both oh, over. Oh, Mazzani, we went over two ten. Yeah, there's two when we record. Yeah, Giagos and Mazzani. That's it right there's now. Two we already went through, and I fucking just went full idiot and just forgot. So, but but even those, they're just a uh, uh, nutsack hair over two hundred. You know what I mean? It's like two ten or whatever. Why I use that terminology? I have no idea. Featherweight bout, Lando Veneta. Versus Mike Grundy. I'm excited for this one. Underratedly, if you're unfamiliar about of either of these two guys, Lando Veneta seems to be getting fight of the night every time he steps out there. Absolutely goes to war. And Mike Grundy's an interesting 
up and comer, in my opinion. I'm, I'm really excited for Mike Grundy. I, I'm in, excited to hear what Danny's got to say about this one. Uh, the line on this one is Lando Veneta plus 105, Mike Grundy minus 125. But a little opening, a little asterisk here. It opened for Mike Grundy minus 175, which is a lot closer to where I had this line. I don't know where Danny's at. No, I agree with you. Uh, this is a weird one for me with Veneta dropping to featherweight 145 for the first time in his career. I'm really interested to see how he looks weighing in on Friday. Um, and this is a potential multiple unit play for me on Grundy. Yeah. I think he's going to have a big uh, grappling advantage, wear Lando out as long as he can cut the cage um, and get his hands on him. Uh, Lando is a guy who I think he, he comes out banging and then he kind of succumbs to the pace of however his opponent wants. And his opponent's going to want to turn this into a dirty wrestling fight. And I don't think that's going to be good for Venata. I think he's going to be on his back a ton. Yeah, and, and Grundy's uh, one and one in the UFC, I believe. Might be two and one. But his his one loss was to Evelev, a 14-0 Russian prospect. Um, so you can't – you should go back and watch that fight if you're unfamiliar with Grundy. It's one worth watching. He really does utilize a lot of what he has to offer. But Lando Veneta is a guy who – He's fun as fuck to watch. He puts on great performances. He's willing to stand and bang. But similar to what Danny said, he's willing to take that pace. He's willing to put himself at risk. He's willing to get hit. I, they I looked bad that, against Bobby Green. First time or second time? I think they fought twice. Right? Yeah, the second time. Most second recent time, fight. Yeah, I agree. He got annihilated by Bobby Green the second time. I think it was a straight sweep across the board, decision-wise. But I, I think Mike Grundy – really has the ability to, to win this both on the feet and on the ground. If, yeah, I lean, I lean Grundy minus 125. Yeah, You'll probably I, see on I, my card. Yep, I'm inclined to agree with you. Also probably would be on my card. Capping off the prelim card, we have a middleweight bout. Jacare Souza, Ronaldo Souza versus Andre Muniz, who we've been capping here recently. And Jacare is actually the dog here. Jacare is minus – or no, he's the favorite now. Ooh, he's always been the favorite. Uh, so I'm just an idiot. Jacare's minus 115. Andre Mooney's minus 105. Jacare opened at 140. Yeah, here we have the battle of the Brazilians. Um, this is an exciting fight if you love jujitsu like I do. It's obviously two Brazilians who are black belts. The real question is for me is how much tread is left on Jacare's tires. Negative. Um, yeah, coming off that, yeah, that Holland hard. knockout from Holland's back, it's just he's screeching on the rims. Mark. He's screeching on the rims right now. Uh, my one worry for this fight is that they will just respect each other's ground games too much, and this will be a sloppy striking battle. I would love to just see them grapple. And I'm not sure if Jacare is capable of even hanging out in a striking battle, uh, especially with Mooney's having the reach advantage. I really just hope to see them grapple. There's no play for me here. Yep. Uh, I'll be rooting for Jacare, but I really don't expect him to come out with a victory here. I, I think that this has to be a no play. And even if you're a listener and you have a slight edge one way or the other, I think you have no option but to do a no play because you don't know what Jacare you're going to get. And, and that's the problem. And I agree with the tread question. But when you look, he got annihilated by Jack Hermanson in 2019. After that, he took Jan Blahovich to a split decision loss. 
near the end of 2019, almost 2020. And then he goes and gets punched out from his, from Kevin Holland's back. So it's like, I, I don't know what you're going to get from Jacare. I don't know what type of performance he's going to put. I don't know how much faith he has in himself. And so I, I think it, it's Mooney surpassed, but I would suggest a, a pass. I think Jacare is just too talented and, and has been around too long to, to risk any sort of hard-earned guala guala on, uh, on Mooney's here. I think Sweet. Kenny seconds it. Yeah, with that yep. being said, it's time for the MCC Country Club. I know you felt fall asleep there for Danny and I getting drained, out, bogged down by Donovich for the last hour, but you're here. You are welcome to the pod. Not a whole lot of movement in the MCC last week, all within about a point and a half of each other. Um, so no change to the standings overall. DKCKRPPR. That's bullshit about the because I had. I had Neil Magny by decision, which I liked a lot, and that hit. And which, by the way, for those listeners, Danny and I hit the nail on the head. If you re- run it back the tape, you're literally just like, oh, they just described the fight and they traveled back in time. They recapped it a week yeah, early. They, they recapped it a week early. Yeah, you had Magny decision. Danny had Magny straight up, both as dogs. Danny and I were on Morono as dogs. Mm, I fucked myself. I hit a nasty no, I, parlay. I wasn't on Morono. No, that I'm a clown. You yeah, had a nasty parlay last weekend with. Wait, wait. Uh, I was on Cerrone by decision. Morono by decision. Oh, I knew I was on Morono. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my nasty parlay with Canelo Alvarez, Morono, Rodriguez, Gillespie, and uh, Harris hit around like plus nine hundred. That's funny. Nasty. My big win. My big win was the big boys going the distance. Rogerio de Lima and Mo Green. Oh, really? Yeah. What plus, was the line on that? Plus 260. Oh, shit. My big win was I way overthrew on Gregor Gillespie. I threw every unit metric I've ever had out the fucking window and hammered Gregor Gillespie to the moon. Well, right on those points back. When it works, it works. Cheers when to y'all. At a boys. So, with that being said, the MCC, let's get into it, man. I think. So for those listening, being like, oh, you got a full panel. Awesome. Parker has since left <laughs> a while ago. MIA. We'll figure MIA, it out. MIA, say the least. So not that anyone's even been tracking his picks at this point. He'll still get them out there. Maybe. But to start off, you got a featherweight bout. Shane Burgos for Edson Barbosa. For those listening, set the spread. The line took, took us for a loop, Danny and myself. I don't know where you guys initially had the line, but – it's Shane Burgos minus 140, Edson Barbosa plus 120. Very little my line movement on it altogether, though, all in all. Uh, it goes, so it goes DK, CK, RP. Yep. All right, Danny, you're up again. Always, always. Um, I'd like one day to not kick these off, but I'll never let y'all come back. <laughs> We've got Burgos here, pressure fighter. Will be in Edson's face moving forward, throwing bombs. We just saw him fight Josh Emmett. Um, and the significant thing about that fight for me was Josh Emmett absolutely blew his knee out in the first 30 seconds. And it still went to a decision where Josh Emmett caught him and, and to some media members almost won the fight. Barbosa's guy is known for his devastating leg kicks, his spinning attacks, his footwork. Essentially, he's counter striking as long as he can get space. In the big octagon, I might add, 
We're no longer in the apex. He should be able to put on a master class here. Touch Burgos up. I'm going Edson. Um, give me just the plus 120. I'm not going to get fancy. I'll take just the dog price on the absolute legend, Edson Barbosa. I'm coming from the same spot. I'm also not getting cute. Barbosa plus 120. I'm coming from the same spot. I'm also not getting cute, but I'm on the other side. Shane Burgos minus 140. Poha. I think Edson, I want Edson to win. I love Edson. I, I think he's more than capable of winning, but I think Shane Burgos is just a younger, hungrier pressure fighter who I don't think he's going to slump Edson, but he could. But a decision's also possible. Moving up the card. I'm excited for that. I'm glad you guys both went Edson as the dog price. I think I can gain some ground. Women's flyweight bout. So, Danny, I'm just going to skip you because you're on the dog. <laughs> Women's flyweight bout. We have Caitlin Jukakian versus Viviana Arohu. Arahu. Aroha. Araujo. Araujo. But you don't pronounce. I think it's Araujo. I think that's right. Uh, 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 no, in the middle. like me to be on the dog. Jukakian minus 140 or Araujo uh, plus 120. You'd like me to be on the dog Reese. I would. But, um, I would. I think I, I see Chuka. She's a great boxer within this division. Maybe the best striker within the division, um, or maybe the best clinical boxer. She's going to utilize her reach, pepper her jab every other second, outpoint Viviani, win two rounds. I said it on the set the spread episode. Viviani's like a Kmart version of Jessica and Andrade. Um, enough striking capability, set up a decent wrestling base, but not good enough to fight or fight and make Chuke uncomfortable at any point in this fight. Um, I'm going Chuke by decision, even money. Let's do it. I'm also on Chuke by decision. I'll follow up with you. I had it minus 105, but I'll get that line. It doesn't change my pick. Full disclosure, I was leaning Chuke by decision. Give me the Brazilian. Fuck it. Plus 140. Plus 120. Gaining some more ground as I Viviani Arahoa. <laughs> Give it to me. I'll take it. I don't want to get cute with any sort of decision or anything, but maybe, just maybe, a left hook to the liver again will drop her just like Andrade. The game script has been written. Moving up the card, we have a bantamweight bout between a man who decided to put his last name, Matthew Christopher Schnell, against Hajerio Bontorin. And Bontorin, I know, is the dog, I'm pretty sure. Schnell is minus 160, Bontorin plus 140. I'm excited for this fight as a fan. I'm excited to be in the crowd. This is a tough one for me to cap. Both guys, pretty heavy hands. Uh, willingness to throw him in the center of the octagon, good submission skills. I think that the crowd, the big cage, the moment, it's going to be pretty big. Give me the under two and a half plus 100, even money. Let's rock and roll. For those not looking, my jaw just dropped to the floor. I'm 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 in here rooting for violence. I what can you expect? I, I'm gonna be in I'm gonna be in the crowd and I'm gonna be oh, yelling I get at it. I'm, violence, I'm violence, violence. Just I bleed. Just, I just didn't think 
two guys who like to grapple too. I know they like to strike, but two guys like to grapple at the 135 pound division is going to get Danny to hit the under. I'm just shook a little bit by it. That's all. I took, it caught me off guard. That's it. Let's rock Go and roll. Me. Go ahead, baby. I'm just coming off the Kai Car France loss by strikes, Borg loss by decision. Von Torn hasn't won since August 2019, where he beat Ho Paiva. Ho Paiva is great. I love him. Uh, still, I'm going to take Schnell. Not going to get cute. Minus 160. Mm, talk about not getting cute at all. That's the ugly girl at prom that no one asks, and she shows up with like some fucking a group of friends. We're independent. We don't need men. That's a disgusting line to grab the 160. Kobe threw points out the window. I'm taking the over two and a half minus 120. <laughs> I saw, I saw that I would be remiss if I took bantamweights that that have a grappling pedigree to, to take the under. I, I hope Danny's violence comes true. This would be one I'm happy. I would happily say tip of the cap, Danny. Enjoy your 110. But I'll take the 120 on the on the upside that this. Game I'll be in the building rooting for finishes, cheering them on. Yeah. Booing when there's slow moments. Yep, I'm that guy too. <laughs> Boo. Stop hugging Fucking each other. Fucking punch him in the Stop face. Stop hugging each other. I thought this Kick was him in the dick. I thought this was Muay Thai. All right, <laughs> enough of that shit. Co-main event. One that, now this line took Danny and I by absolute surprise. Lightweight co-main, Tony Elkakui Ferguson against Benel Benny Dariush. The line is Dariush. Yes. Benel Dariush minus 175. Tony Ferguson, the 13-fight win streak before dropping two straight to championship-level guys is plus 155. Yeah, super fun matchup. Very excited for it. Benny, awkward striker, good wrestling, underrated, great jujitsu. Look for him to shoot a takedown in the first minute as he did for CDF. But I got to be honest, his cardio isn't the best. He's riding a red-hot six-fight win streak. But this is a big step up in competition for him, even though Tony's 37. Uh, you look at it, you look at his red-hot six-fight win streak, and there's, a, I mean, names like Nick Lentz. Um, I think, like, Jim Miller's on that win streak. Uh, it's, it's a lot of old guys, a lot of middle-of-the-road guys. Tony, oh, absolute legend. Tony is Tony. I mean, I think he has the striking advantage. I think he has a BJJ advantage, although it's slight. Um, I love Benny, but he's not Justin Gaethje. He's not Charles Oliveira. I think he's outmatched and outclassed here. I just cannot see him losing. I just cannot see Tony losing three in a row. Champ shit only. That being said, I don't see him getting Benny out of here. Tony by decision plus 350. Hot number. Let's rock and roll. Champ shit only. That is a hot number. That's a that's scorching. Fresh off the press. Fresher than that news Kobe was dropping on us early. Fresh out the grease. <laughs> I like a lot of what Danny was coming from, but I do cook, think cook, cook bacon with your shirt off. Be a man. <laughs> I think there is a chance that Tony could take Darius out. I think a couple clean strikes and I don't know. I, 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 I'm just not going to pay up to take the dog. So I'm going to take 
Tony plus 155. And that's one of the three plays I've already got made this week. Well, I'm taking Benel Dariush. I'm doing it via decision, plus 150. The line seems cheeksy, but I, I, I don't think Dariush is going to get Tony out of there. What worries me about Tony is how often I've seen him get into less than desirable dis, uh, positions. I mean, he's just a freak of nature, like him rolling out of a KO from Anthony Pettis. But I, I mainly look at a lot of the times he's been mounted, and he's a slow starter. He's a very slow starter in the first round notoriously and i i mean i'm seeing him getting mounted by kevin lee and like danny said when you were picking up when or i don't know if danny said this about him or benny but the the resume is looking back it didn't age as well as a lot of people remember i mean he absolutely deserved a title shot don't get that twisted but you know he got i mean 2017 is a long time ago but you're looking at a guy getting literally mounted in the first round by kevin lee and almost tapped out via rear naked choke. It's it's concerning. I think uh, I think Benny's going to get it done. I think Benny's top control is good enough to score some points. And I think that if Tony doesn't get some sort of crazy cut or or, or some sort of stoppage, I, I think Benny's going to skate to a decision. Tony's cardio is just absolutely nuts, though. No, 100%. You can't forget that. He can go forever. hundred percent. He's he can go forever. He's like a fucking Marab Davalishvili. But I I just think Benny. Even though his cardio is in question, I, I just think his top control is so dominating. And, and what I've seen out of Tony, it's, he's passable for sure. Main event time, boys. I'm very excited for this one because so far I've been straight opposites. Some of it intentionally, some of it just by chance. Main event, light ha- lightweight bout. No, Neither of you guys have ever been in a UFC title picture before. You have Charles Oliveira, Dubronx. 30 and eight against Michael Chandler, the newcomer who just shat on Dan Hooker's face. Charles Oliveira minus 135. Michael Chandler plus 115, gentlemen. Wild line here. I have no idea where I'm going, so I'm happy I have the advantage of going last. Danny, where's your head at? I already know where Kobe's is at. So I'm Yeah, right. we are crowning the 10th lightweight champion in the UFC history. And I've got a pretty hot take. I think that whoever we crown this Saturday won't be champ by the end of the calendar year when you've got guys waiting in the wings like Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje. And he, I mean, he, I'll even throw Connor some respect if he pulls off a crazy fluke. <laughs> Stop with this Connor nonsense. If he let's pulls out Connor. a crazy fluke, no, let's just talk we're going to see him fight. Guys, one and three in their last. We're going to, if, if Connor pulls off a fluke against Dustin, we're going to see him fight for this title. So. Let's not counter chickens. Okay. But this fight is one is rematch, and I'm really looking forward to. I love both these fighters, Charles. Some of the best BJJ in the entire UFC. He has a slight reach advantage over Chandler here, but his strength of schedule is a little weak. Kind of reminds me of what Reese was just saying about Tony Ferguson. His path to the title is weak. Um, main path to victory is a submission. And then you look at Chandler, who trains at Sanford MMA. I, I guess Dubronx's UFC resume doesn't hold a candle to uh, Michael Chandler's Bellator resume, where he lost to well, Wilbur twice. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that Chandler's UFC resume, even though he's on this hot win streak, it, it's interesting. I mean, you, 
two fights ago, he beat Jared Gordon. You think someone deserves a lightweight title fight going Jared Gordon, Kevin Lee, Tony Ferguson? That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I think the Jared Gordon was a knockout, though. Am I wrong? That wasn't a sub. Yeah, no, it was a knockout. But, like, I think the Dan Hooker win is a better caliber fighter than a 37-year-old Tony Ferguson or Kevin Lee in 2020. There's really not a fight on Olivera's resume that is phenomenal. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm with you then. Keep going. I just wanted to, I just want to mention it all out. Keep going. So, yeah, I, I talk a lot about how much I'm a homer for Sanford MMA. I love Henry Hoof. <laughs> um, and Chandler trains there. But more importantly for when we're talking Chucky Olives, he trains at Sanford with Gilbert and Herbert Burns. Um, his scrambles, his takedown defense, uh, the, the videos that have come out of him training with Kamaru also, of them rolling and Kamaru not being able to take him down and hold him down are really, really impactful for me. I th- I hold a lot of weight in that. And as we saw, he has absolutely cinder blocks for hands with his KO over Dan Hooker. And in the embedded videos, you see Henry Hooft when he's drilling with him, he has to put like special pads on. He puts a literal moving blanket between his body pads and his chest because of how hard Chandler hits the body. He says the only guys he has to do that with the entire gym at were Kamaru and Michael Chandler because it just hurts him too much to drill those body shots that Chandler throws. Um, and, th- and that's even ignoring his Division One NCAA wrestling background that Tony Gravely showed is super important. I- I'm backing Chandler here. Um, main event cha- or main card challenge, I'm going Chandler plus 115. If you're nervous, you can play Oliveira by sub plus 200 along with Chandler plus 115. Either one of those hit; they're both plus money. You're in the you're in the clear. Um, this is going to be a fun one, though. I can't add a whole lot more color than what Danny said. I think he did a great job describing Chandler's path to victory. Uh, not maybe not path to victory, but you know, experienced and rolling at Sanford, and those are some heavy hitters there too. The bottom line is, you know, to win. Oliver's got a dominate the ground and I know that we're talking about some real special ground game from Oliveira I think that Chandler's got the wrestling to at least withstand that and fight his way out of some where it just won't be as dominant and it, it, it does have a chance to knock out Oliveira as well so I, I'm saying well, I do think that I do think that Chandler is a special grappler in his own right it might not be with sure, the flashy but, submissions but I, but think, I think that he's a special grappler you got to admit, though, you got to imagine you're in Chandler's camp. You're going to say, let's try to keep this on the feet. Right? Oh, for sure. But I don't think yeah. he's afraid. The guy, the guy enjoys scrambling, enjoys the grind. Not saying he he's trains, afraid. He trains I, every week in his wrestling singlet that he was an All-American in 2009. The guy lives to grapple. There's almost no one he can bring in that's going to going to simulate a Charles Oliveira type. I mean, the Burns, the Burns brothers, <laughs> Gilbert and Herbert. They're pretty good. Pretty good. They are, no, they're, they're damn good. They're damn good. But I don't Herbert's remember what Chandler was Oliveira holds the record for the most submissions. Yeah, we're not we're not discrediting Oliveira's ability to, to be to win on the ground. I I, I think that that's just I I'll, I'll take the plus. I'm one. not sure, but I think that Oliveira has an ADCC tournament loss to Herbert. 
impressive actually size difference though am i wrong does herbert not fight at 170 he does but in jujitsu when they're not cutting it's negligible I mean, you know my opinion on size i always like harp on size like crazy i'm like a gay boy like i'm like oh he missed weight by two pounds hammer him he's got size <laughs> that's literally how i think i mean but last week we hammered the other way with gregor when cdf missed weight and we True. saw him gas in the second and it True. turned out in our favor because he missed True. weight and was a fatty True, true. With that being said, it sounds like so you're on Chandler 115. Kobe, you're on Chandler 115. Yep, that's another one that I've already placed too. All right, well, I'm Olivera plus 200 by sub. It's plus 195 on five dimes. Let's honor it. I, uh, I think that the hard part for those out there who are like, well, what if it goes to decision? I'm not saying that Charles Olivera's only path to victory is submission. I'm just saying it's the most likely because Danny's all familiar with this. I know I get trapped by this a lot too, but when you bet a guy that's likes to lean on that jujitsu, it's hard to score rounds from the bottom. It just is. And when you have a guy who has top pressure like Chandler, I don't foresee us hitting the cards and being in good shape. You know what I mean? I don't see us wanting to see it hit the cards. If you're, and you got a guy like Chandler who I don't think has ever been subbed in his career. As it, with the losses that he has, I mean, to Pitbull and uh, whatever you said, the two losses to Will um, Brooks. Will Brooks, right. I mean, again, also – Never been out grappled in his career. But also mention that the Will Brooks losses, which were back-to-back losses, Will Brooks, ex-UFC guy, got cut. I don't know where the fuck he is now. But disclaimer, those were in 2014. Totally different fighters back then. Um, but, you know, you, people don't realize how old Chandler is, dude. He's 35 years old. And that plays into my hot take of neither of these guys being champ at the end of the year. Hmm. Uh, if we really want to get into it. That's a hot it. take, not so hot take. You know what I mean? Right. No, right. If we yeah. really want to get into it, neither of these guys should be in this opportunity. We should be watching Justin versus Dustin, mm-hmm. the two guys who really earned it. Something like that. Games. Yeah. I uh, mean, it's, it's hard to discredit Oliveira. I, and then I, we could I, have this fight too, and the winner maybe fights one of them. Like, if we just want to say – I mean, Justin – Maybe, depending on how you saw that, won a round against Khabib. He fought a pretty close round against Khabib before he got finished, obviously. Um, I would not bat an eye if we had this Chandler-Olivera fight and the winner got Gaethje for the title. That, to me, that would make a little more sense. But I I just, You just know Dana, uh, even with all the interim belts and the BMF belt, he, he, just, he, he gets his hard-ons for his belts because it sells cards. The one thing, though, that I do want to add, I would say, instead of saying by the end of the year, let's say by this time next year, so middle of next year, I think there's almost, I think the favorite to have that belt is Lamakachev. I was about to say, oh, oh my gosh, you stole the words out of my mouth. I think I think this time next year we've got uh, Drew Dober, Islam Makachev, too. Sorry, wait. We've got Justin Gaethje, Islam Makachev, the real Drew Dober. <laughs> yeah literally the re- and dude that re- when you told me that Gaethje just looked at Drew Dover and just goes crazy right like it, I don't think there's preparation for it I don't no, I think that I think it's a it's multiple years worth of preparation it's it's right. not something that you can train in a camp and then it's, the other thing Gaethje too- felt it and he felt it to the nth degree yeah. and now that's his that's the only thing in his head but you, the, other, the other thing too though is that the only way you could train it is if you train with them <laughs> they're not going to teach you. 
You got to get your ass to Dagestan. Right, right, right. Who the fuck are you, Justin? So I don't know. Habib is a very respectful guy. I wouldn't be surprised if Habib, like, but he would take some guys in. Habib could be as respectful as he wants, but he's not going to teach Justin Gaethje how to beat Islam Makachev. Not how to beat Islam, but I I wouldn't be surprised if if eventually we see big name American guys training out in Habib's camp. Wouldn't surprise me. If they want to be the best wrestlers from the t- with top pressure, it's hard to not want to go over there. Especially with, I mean, Habib has all those connections at ATT. I could see him taking up a coaching residence there. And AKA. Right, no, that's what I meant. I'm yeah, sorry. I that, say, yeah, I don't know. I, not AKA. ATT. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't yeah. have any connect- AKA. Is what I mean, I'm sure he does, but AKA is, I think, right, right, right. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I meant to say. So, we were pretty split on the main card here. Uh, I know the Quartz brothers share too much, too many joints together or something because they were pretty much in line. But any final words, boys, before – this one was a long one, but it's worth it. 262, we always say for the pay-per-views, we give us a little grace for going long. If you've stuck this long, we appreciate you. Any final and come words? come find us. Get your free hat. Free we're hat if you find – about freeing a pedophile named Hat out of the South Park. <laughs> free hats free so if you find danny or, or kobe you'll, you'll get a handsome reward anything else gentlemen i can't wait can't wait we got two men in the building two home crowd i'll probably be ripping the twitter assuming you guys will be busy at the time with that being said pull to the ha! Ha! thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.